Welcome to the Marketing Happy Hour podcast, where you'll hear career-defining advice, powerful social media strategies, unique creative tips, groundbreaking influencer marketing tactics, and more from marketing experts that represent some of the world's leading brands. So grab a drink and join us for this week's episode. It's November, and that means it is officially the holiday season. I am so excited, but what this season makes me remember is the amount of time that brands put into planning their holiday campaigns and their content. I love looking through Instagram and just taking a look at all of the beautiful photos and videos that brands like Starbucks and other amazing companies that I love following are posting. But one thing that I think about when I am looking at their content is how much time they must have put into planning out this content. So for the holidays, a lot of times brands will start several, several months in advance or even a year in advance for planning their campaigns and the content that they will have coming up for the following season. So one of the things with bringing this up that I want to encourage you guys is to always be proactive, not reactive in planning your content. So what that means is that it is very important to plan ahead when it comes to creating your everyday organic content, but also your ad campaigns as well. So one of the things that I like to do with clients is I like to put together a year-long calendar and plan out the holidays, uh, big promotions that those brands have, and et cetera, so that we are prepared and we know what type of content we need to create in advance. You can also create your content itself pretty far in advance and get that set up in a calendar. So that way, after you create it, you still have time to marinate on that content, decide if there's any changes that need to be made, and stuff like that. But the one thing I do wanna encourage you guys with planning content ahead is to always be okay with changing that content. You never know what type of world events are gonna happen or, you know, tragedies all of a sudden that a lot of times if that content would go out during that event, it might be tone deaf. So you want to make sure it's okay to be flexible, be okay with making changes last minute if needed, but planning ahead is going to help you get a really great start on your content. This week, I have the privilege of chatting with my ex-coworker turned close friend, Emma Wolgast paid social analyst at Red Ventures. Red Ventures is an agency that simplifies online experiences through premium content, strategic partnerships, AI-driven digital marketing, and world-class intelligence and analytics. In this episode, Emma shares her experience navigating a nine to five while pursuing her MBA, a behind the scenes look at paid social, why it's important to diversify your audience touch points, and her advice for anyone looking to advance their career. I'm so excited for you to meet Emma. So without further ado, grab a drink and listen in. Hey, Emma, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I'm so excited that I get to interview you today. We actually met as former coworkers and have both since moved on, but really maintained a friendship that I'm truly grateful for. Um, And you might be familiar with the question I'm about to ask, (laughs) as we do ask it every episode. So without further ado, what is in your glass tonight? This is marketing happy hour after all. Yes. So um, I've been trying to think of a really great lead in to announce uh, what I'm drinking this evening. But (laughs) honestly, (laughs) the only thing that uh, I really can just say is that it is just a nice cup of coffee. I actually had a coffee machine 
incident this past week, my coffee machine broke. Like oh my really nice like Nespresso machine just no! won't work. No. I know I'm livid. It's fine though because I now have a new coffee machine that um, I've just been making coffee with because I'm like, look, it works, and I'm gonna drink all the coffee with it. So I love um, that. I love that. I love a good. We're recording this at like 7:30 at night. I love a good <laughs> PM coffee. That's amazing. I will say I also have to pack. I'm actually going to um, Charlotte tomorrow morning and I, I have not packed at all. Like, I mean, we're talking like I just put the first load of laundry on. So I was like, I need I need a little pick me up. <laughs> I deserve it. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, I I was chuckling to myself as I was getting what I'm drinking tonight out of the refrigerator uh, because I've been drinking it in almost every episode that we've recorded this season. Um, but I have an Onda, which is Shea Mitchell's sparkling tequila brand. And, um, I don't know when this one's going to air in like, you know, reference with everything else. So I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be the first time people are hearing that I'm drinking this or like the thousandth time, but, um, yeah, I guess we, we, they'll hear it a lot. And last time I recorded and I was drinking one of these, the guest said, um, she said that we should get sponsored by them. And I was like, huh, well. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be drinking one every time, you know, might as know. well. It just makes sense, honestly. It does. All right. <laughs> well, let's. Okay. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm taking away some takeaways tonight because I'm sure there's just as much to learn from you in our chat. So putting that as a takeaway, um, <laughs> get yes. sponsored. Hashtag sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, I guess we can just dive right into our questions here. Uh, so as your friend, I'm super familiar with your professional background. I remember both of us discussing where we want to go in our careers and what next steps we need to take to get there. But for our audience members who don't yet know you, can you share just a bit about your background and, and kind of what's led to your current position? Yes, definitely. So I was involved in a lot of internships in my undergrad degree. Um, I do have my bachelor's of science in advertising from University of South Florida, go Bulls. You can never not say that. Um, and I always <laughs> kind of stayed in the marketing space um, throughout my internships and my undergrad uh, degree. I did everything from Tampa local tech startup co-working spaces um, to working at an agency um, in Fort Lauderdale at Zimmerman Advertising. So I always like to say that my internships really showed me what I did and did not want out of future positions. Um, I definitely use those opportunities to really explore and soak up as much as I could. Um, my most recent position was actually at a hair care company based here in Tampa, uh, where we met, which I will forever <laughs> be grateful for. Um, and I was in a great place to finish up my undergrad degree with them and then step uh, into a full-time position while I went on to pursue my MBA. So I'd love to get more into my MBA and kind of those past experiences shortly, but um, kind of where I'm at now, uh, ultimately stepping out of my undergrad and graduate degrees, it was just time to, to kind of take that next step. Um, so now I am a paid social analyst for Red Ventures, an amazing company based out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, hence why I'm packing to go there this evening. Um, really excited to get to see their offices for the first time this week. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of my journey. Did I, I feel like I'm asking you, like, did I hit all the points? Is there anything that I'm <laughs> missing? Like, <laughs> I think you nailed the, wait, what am I saying? I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Good job. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I would love to learn a little bit more about your current position as a paid social analyst. Uh, You're one of the first paid social experts that we've had on the podcast. So what does the day-to-day kind of look like for you? And what are some of your goals in your current role? Yeah, I would say, truthfully, it's probably some of the most fun that I've had in a long time. Like, I feel like I'm still learning so much in this role. And I'm really starting to get to take on more and more. I am in like full transparency, like, a solid two months in. So I I don't quite know if I'd call myself an expert. Obviously, my background is more kind of in in brand marketing, um, and a little bit of trade marketing rather than paid social. However, um, you know, and we both know this, but I did get my feet wet within paid media while I was at the past company that I was at. And so this has been a great kind of next step for that, um, getting to explore and dive deeper into the paid social world. Um, Right now, I am responsible for building out all of our paid social campaigns. Mm -hmm. So kind of start off with a with a nice little uh, Excel spreadsheet of what we want them to look like. And then they get built out in the UI of the social platform. Um, I go through after they are live, I will then take a look at performance and optimize um, as their performance changes during their flights. And then I report back on performance obviously to my team, um, as well as our client that we're running these for. So I think that my biggest goal um, coming to RV was to really develop these skills and setting up campaigns, understanding performance, and then reporting on it. Um, And I'm definitely getting it. I think that currently what I'm working on now, like, like a granular goal, if you will, is owning all reporting for the specific line of business that I'm on, and just really trying to find my niche within the company. I think that it's incredibly important, especially being somebody who's new to, you know, establish where you can really bring value to the team. Um, And I know that I have that value. Obviously, you just get so uh, bogged down with onboarding that it's kind of like, it's time for me to pop my little head out of of the weeds and be like, all right, where can I really (laughs) kind of start to grow and develop in this new role um, as I'm getting some of the day to day under my belt? Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it's kind of analytic heavy. Is that something that you were always interested in? Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, And I'll be honest, I like this interest is just something that has just developed like very quickly. I don't think I've always been somebody who's like, Ooh, I want to stare at a spreadsheet all day. But I just (laughs) think that kind of like coming from the background that I did where it was just a lot of I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, and just to say it so simply, like a lot of looking at pictures and just kind of guessing which one was going to perform best or which one you wanted to talk about, you know, it was like, where's the, where's the real reasoning behind this? You know, like I can justify Mm -hmm. this with an, I feel statement or, an I think that statement, but I really wanted to be able to look at something and go, all right, I know how to say, well, we know this because X percentage more people look at it this way or X percentage more people like this kind of thing. Um, And I just kind of felt like that there wasn't really an opportunity to grow that, that skill set or that part of where I kind of saw my professional interests going. And so to kind of hop over into an analyst position, um, I just felt like was that great next step to really develop that and you know, who knows where this will go, because I, I have a lot, a lot to learn, like I said, but it is something that I, I do feel like I have a true passion for and that I'm picking up on. And it's exciting. It's, it's super fun to be able to justify what you're saying with numbers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it translates even better to some people who maybe don't have the 
the marketing mindset that that people in the marketing world do. It's easier to translate things and and share data points and have those easily digested versus, oh, this is this way because of this relationship and that relation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Totally, totally understand that. Well, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, Wanted to really dive in into what it looks like to pursue your MBA while working a nine to five. Can you speak a little bit to your experience and the biggest challenges or lessons learned while simultaneously working and going to grad school? Absolutely. Um, I, okay, so the thing that kind of jumps right out to me, I want to share like a little story that I think is probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that I actually initially completely wrote off. Um, So this happened whenever I was in my orientation for my MBA, uh, which I did at USF for anybody who's wondering. I don't know who'd be wondering that, but I I just wanted another (laughs) excuse to say go Bulls. Um, Of course. So I completely wrote it off in my orientation. They did one of those really daunting like look to your left, look to your right, only X amount of you will actually make it out of this program. And then oh my I goodness. Kind of yeah, I know. I was like, oh man, all right. This is, I don't know. It was honestly, it was kind of the first time that I really felt like I was starting to do something. I mean, up to that point, I was just like, great, I'm just going to go and do this because I don't really know what else to do. And working full time didn't seem like enough. And so I was like, let's just re-enroll. Let's, let's get her done. And then I heard that statement and I was like, okay, I was like, here we go. Um, and then of course, because the university genuinely uh, supports its students, again, go Bulls, um, they proceeded <laughs> to say that, you know, the, the difference will really be surrounding yourself with a support group that understands and supports you no matter what you're going through right. during this degree. And I remember thinking very independently. I mean, like I said, I, I kind of came into this just like not knowing what that next thing was that I wanted to do. Um, and I was like, well, this is kind of a great buffer. And I got almost like this little twinge of like, like, I want to do this and I'm going to do it on my own. Like, thank you very much. Like, I don't need anybody. <laughs> um, and sure enough, as I reflect here um, on this <laughs> question, I can say with absolute certainty that having that support system is probably the only real reason that I finished. And I want to kind of say here, obviously, you can do anything that you set your mind to. And if you're doing this on your own, you'll absolutely achieve it if you want to. But this was more so just like knowing that your friends understood and supported you when you were MIA for weeks, like working on final projects. (laughs) Um, And obviously, I am not at the same company that I completed this degree with. But I do have to say like, like work understood that I needed to leave at 5 p.m. whenever I was taking an in-person class or they under like my manager was always like oh man it's probably finals week for you if you need to take a half day or if you need to you know shift hours around just go on ahead and do it like we'll make this work so that you can have that time um I think that just to kind of have that support it, it really it just made such a difference to keep a strong head about the situation and and I do have to say too like like a family support system, like my mom and dad, like just being there saying like, if I needed to call and just sob, which I mean, (laughs) this is a lot of stress. I'm sure anybody who's gone through this knows that there are times that you really are just like, I don't know if I can finish this or if this is worth it. And I think just having somebody that you can call up and, and say like, Hey, I'm having a hard time with this. And I need to just vent about how frustrated I am that I have just finished an undergraduate degree. And, you know, like I already have the four years and here I am doing two more years of it. 
Um, and, and it helps too, if that person is somebody who can be like, after they let you kind of go on and do your thing and vent can say, all right, and you chose this, didn't you? I think that <laughs> also yeah. in the butt helps too. Um, but absolutely that, that support is, is where it's at. Um, and I do have, I, I do think I have another piece of advice too. And really one of the biggest things that I learned throughout this is just to be nice to yourself. Like if you're pursuing any sort of degree, it's taking so much effort. <laughs> that doesn't change when you decide to do it part-time during work, full-time with no work, full-time with work, like any combination, it's going to be hard. Um, and you really have to want it. And remember that you're working towards something that can never be taken away from you, something that is literally with you forever. And I think whenever you look at it that way, it, it seems like a pretty huge deal and something to really put effort behind and, and prioritize. Um, and I think now that I'm not now that I'm not in a program anymore and I'm only working, like, I think I'm trying to translate that into areas of my life right now too. It's like anything that you're working towards is important. Um, no matter how motivated you are, there'll always be something that makes you go, Oh, are we sure we still want to do this? Like, is this, <laughs> is this really like, like, come on now, or you just, just stop, like, just go lay down, like just knock it off. Um, <laughs> And so I think just kind of listening to yourself, respecting yourself and realize that what you're going through is, is important. It's going to be hard and, you know, do it at your pace, take the time that you need to really achieve it. Um, I think those are some, some of my key takeaways from, <laughs> from getting a, an MBA. Yeah, no, those are really, those are awesome. Um, why exactly did you choose an MBA program? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, I think, I just, I wanted something a little bit more general. Like I knew that my, my undergraduate degree was a very specific program that I did. I, I went through an advertising program that really combined the key uh, classes from a mass comm advertising degree and then like a core business degree from the College of Business. And I just kind of left out of that feeling like, wow, I am so specialized to do this one thing. And this is, I was fortunate enough that that's what I wanted to do. You know, I think a lot of people come out of their degree and are like, oh gosh, like I've worked now in this and I hate it. And I just, I feel like I can't get enough of it. So I was so fortunate to really have that strong educational background in a four-year program that whenever I knew I wanted to get a master's, I was just like, well, I, I didn't really feel the need to get it in like, like a master's of science or something very specific. And I knew that my head was still very much with business. And so I just went with something that was a little bit more general, um, which to me was business administration. And I also, you know, these are some good letters to have at the end of your name, like, <laughs> I think, kind of like a little bit like pridefully and, and just absolutely out of pocket. Like, I think I just wanted the title, you know, and I knew I was going to yeah. do it. And I thought, why not? Why not? get the, you know, get the letters there. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I don't have it on LinkedIn. Is that funny? I say oh, what? that and then I, yeah, wait, I say that and I don't have it on anything. I think now that I kind of have it, I'm like, <laughs> hmm, it's something for me to know and for you to find out. Like, yeah, it's your party like, trick. Your party exactly. trick, you can pull it out and be like, guess what? I have an Just MBA. <laughs> pull out my pocket diploma no your business cards that's what it is yeah <laughs> I love it I love it well actually that kind of takes us into the next little section here is 
something that I really admire about you is your willingness to learn and adapt and get really great at whatever task is thrown your way. Is that something you've learned or do you think that that's it? How do you think anyone listening can grow into having that quality? Well, okay. Well, first off, thank you so much. I, I think the same can be said about you, honestly. Um, I don't know. I think I don't want to get off on a tangent about how great you are, honestly, but I do want to say that like working with you, like having you as a coworker, I think that that kind of opened my eyes to like what a hard worker is. I mean, and again, like, I don't want to get sappy here, but like, that was my, like, I, we were coworkers at, at a time that it was like my first, like, salaried job you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I had not like Aww. I had internships and I had you know I had things that I was responsible for and that I was part of but I had never really had like a job responsibility before like a like a nine to five job responsibility and I do just want to like put a little plug in here for you and just say that I genuinely think that just watching you in the workplace, getting to work alongside you has been great for my career. Like, I don't know, to our listeners, if anyone can figure out how to work alongside Erica, go for it, because it genuinely is incredible. Um, And we also were co-workers during a really tough time in the world, uh, because we just stopped being co-workers a few months ago. So we went through everything with the pandemic together. So that's definitely also part of it just being becoming really close because we were going through that like shared experience and I think we so thank you as well oh of course of course yeah I I completely agree with that I I think it was so helpful to have somebody that you like trusted kind of going into working remotely and being separated after being used to working alongside somebody so long. I mean, it was nice too to kind of troubleshoot between us, you know, to be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like what is working and what is not? Because <laughs> I am burned out right now, you know? So yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, I love that. I love that sentiment too. That's, that's great. And I think I will say like, as far as, you know, the, the trade itself and just like in general, like, like a willingness to learn. I mean, I do think that that is something that is kind of like baked into your personality, you know, like I think managing that in a workplace is something that's learned, but as far as like the want to, the want to learn, if that makes sense, I think that that is something that's just kind of part of you. I think I've always been somebody who takes on a little bit too much and, and finds themselves like, Oh no, like what, (laughs) what do I do now? And I think that that ultimately drives a person, you know, to, to either make it a success or, or to fail quickly you know? And (laughs) so I think that there is that component to it also. But like I said, I mean, I think that it can be learned, like, um, just obviously, a lot of my experience has gone hand in hand with juggling school. And I kind of alluded to this earlier, like, now that I just have work to focus on, I'm finding that it is more of that learned behavior, like, and also, I mean, not having you right there, like not having somebody that you really trust or like know how to work with right there, you know, I think you just kind of have to look at everything as an opportunity, like an opportunity to either learn what you want to do or to file away. It's like, great, never, never going to do that again. (laughs) Absolutely. And I know we both keep up with uh, industry trends and really have a love for marketing uh, just deeply rooted in us. So what are some of the paid social strategies or marketing strategies in general that you're seeing right now that you think are successful? Yeah. I love this question because obviously we're in such uncertain times, not only within 
our world but I would just say like within social platforms too again I don't know like what order this is gonna you know launch out in but (laughs) where we're talking right now I think was like the big uh Facebook is down of 2021 yes that was kind of a a rough time earlier this last week I guess um whatever timeline that is honestly (laughs) everyone Um, will know what you're talking about because probably who listen to this podcast like that was a big deal to them and they were probably freaking out refreshing the page all day long I know everyone that I work with so hilarious they know (laughs) yes absolutely and and I'm sure that especially now that that something like this has happened that this is something everyone's talking about but I think and I truly believe in it, like exploring how your brand or service can play on new platforms. So when any platform inevitably kind of has a problem, whether it's literally a full uh, outage or, you know, just something scandalous, like I know I'm going to at Twitter here right now, like, you know, you've had had some things in the news about, you know, just kind of making sure that your platform is a safe place and a safe community to be on. And Maybe that's not always whenever conversations like that are being had and things are being worked through on a social platform side. Maybe you don't always want your brand on a platform at that time. So I think just being able to still be live somewhere um, and and being able to still capture those valuable impromptu cultural moment, like moments when crazier things happen is incredibly valuable. So I think that just kind of sums it down to to diversifying your platform and being sure that if something goes down, not all of your eggs are in that one basket. I, I think we can kind of both, but we both, probably a lot of people listening have a lot of stories about how that has probably shot yourself in the foot by <laughs> by not being live on, on multiple platforms during these these crazy times. No, absolutely. And that's something I remember learning like really early on and just as I was learning about marketing and everything, it was, it was always, you don't own the platform. So if I think it, honestly, there was like a quote, it was like, if Facebook went down tomorrow, cause this was back when like Facebook was the big thing, not Instagram and TikTok and everything. It was like, mm-hmm. if Facebook went down tomorrow, where would your audience yeah. and have an audience, all this stuff. So I think it just boils down to like reaching your audience at multiple, multiple, touch points, multiple platforms, like it's definitely super, super important. And I think we saw that on, I can't even remember what day it was last week, maybe like Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. Somebody will know. Um, (laughs) And, and that's just super, super true. Um, So anyway, what is your career goal and, and what steps are you taking to get there? Oh goodness. Um, (laughs) Or do you know? Um, I honestly, I mean, I have no clue. Like, I think that we are kind of conditioned to have to know exactly what you want. Um, and I think especially for me, like getting that second degree, so many people were like, Ooh, like, what are you going to do with that? And like, obviously like nothing right now, like this was an investment, (laughs) right? you know, and, and I, I say investment with like the little like sparkle emojis around it. Like it was an investment, <laughs> like, come on now. Like, and I, I think that I kind of had to quickly embrace this whole, like everything that is a learned experience. And I think I became a lot more confident and comfortable and not knowing for sure. And I think as long as you're working towards something, whether that be personal or professional, like you're moving in the right direction. 
Um, mm-hmm. For me right now, I couldn't tell you what I want to be when I grow up, but I do know that I'm finding <laughs> my groove <laughs> at my new job and uh, it is fully remote. So I'm taking full advantage of that by just exploring new cities and, you know, enjoying a bit more of a flexible schedule than I kind of had before whenever I was at a place that um, was in office, obviously, whenever the pandemic happened was work from home, but had plans to come back in office. And I think just focusing on the right here right now um, is kind of my ultimate goal. And I mean, maybe that's not really a career goal, but I've always been a big believer that if you're just doing your thing, you know, opportunities are not going to pass you up it's they're gonna find you and as long as you are looking for them and open to them more than anything open to them not looking for them but you know open to them then it's it's gonna lead you in the right direction (laughs) yeah no I I totally agree with that and last season I we had uh Sylvester from NASA on and he was talking all about that as well and just kind of like the importance of just determining what the next best step is it doesn't have to be the the ultimate goal or or the best step that you could ever take in your future but it could just be whatever just keep moving forward and whatever is the best next step you just go for that and finally is there anything you know now that you wish you knew when you started your career you touched a little bit on some of like the having the support system and being open to learning and all of that. But is there anything specifically like one big takeaway that people could, uh, could get from this episode? Go for it. I love that. That's a lot of power. I think I would have to just kind of reiterate what I said at the end of that last question, which is just that opportunities are not going to pass you up if they are meant for you. I think especially starting off, it's really easy to look around and wonder when this next great thing is going to happen to you. But I think that it's important to remember in the least cheesy way possible, like the best is yet to come. And if you get absorbed in what's happening off to your side, you're going to miss what's happening right in front of you. Right. And I think that that's just, to me, that's something that I really had to kind of stop myself early on and and be like, you're looking around and and you're trying to compare yourself to other people, but that's not your journey. And and I think that this is a very, you know, just a very basic thing, but I think something that a lot of people struggle with, and it maybe takes a little bit too long to come to that conclusion of. So I just feel like, you know, as many times as you can say it, as many times as you can get it in your head, like, your path is your own path and and it's going to go the way that it's meant to go for you. And what is somebody else's success now will be your success, you know, if not before that happened, after that happened, if, if that makes sense. I, yeah. The linear yeah. timelines there are probably a little hard to verbally say, but I, I just think that, you know, trusting that, that it's going to happen for you as long as you're working and, I love what I love what you just said, kind of what's been said in this podcast is that as long as you're finding that next best step, it's it's going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for for sharing all of your wonderful insight with us. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you on Instagram, LinkedIn? Where where are you at? <laughs> yes. Ooh. OK, where where do I want to be at? That's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like where do you want like, people what, to find you? <laughs> where do I want people to find me? Um, I would definitely say absolutely LinkedIn. I mean, anybody who is listening to this podcast is obviously just 
so interested in finding that next best step, taking that next best step for themselves, you know? Yes. And I would absolutely love to be connected on LinkedIn. Um, just my name, which I'm sure will be plastered on this. Yes. <laughs> yes. On this we'll episode. put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes and everyone, I don't know, if, actually, I don't know if everybody knows, but everyone should know and they'll find out now. LinkedIn is my favorite social media platform <laughs> and it's not even like, super fun or anything but it's literally my favorite thing in the world so definitely find emma on linkedin anywhere else um i mean if you want to just see a bit more of my personal life if this has sparked some interest in seeing what i'm up to um outside of work (laughs) and wendell Uh, your cat oh yes and my cat wendell um, you know, if you're interested in any of that, absolutely find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I can share. I'll I'll be sure to get my Instagram over to you because it's got <laughs> it's got an underscore on it. I'm not going to get into all that right now, but my Twitter is just my name too, and you'll know it's me because it's a profile picture of me and my cat Wendell talking politics on the couch. So you'll you'll know it whenever you see it. Thank you so much for having me on here. We hope that you all enjoyed that interview with Emma. I know I certainly did. For someone who has always considered pursuing my MBA, I really loved hearing Emma's story. I believe it was super encouraging for someone who has been considering it over the years. But for me, it's been a little bit daunting. So I loved hearing uh, her side of it and kind of what she's experienced over the years. So who knows? I might go pursue my MBA here in the future thanks to Emma. So I want to encourage you guys, if you did, enjoy that interview uh, make sure to follow us on social media you can find us at instagram um, at marketing happy hour that is at marketing happy hr also don't forget to leave us some feedback on this podcast we greatly appreciate any reviews that we receive because it helps us make the podcast better and better in the future but thanks for listening guys and we will see you next week Thank you.